Alrighty. Alrighty, let's ask this question. I, I like asking questions. If, you, if, if you've ever been to our service, if you ever watched a service online, you know I love it when people interact with, with, with me, with each other. Um, how many of you guys are glad you are alive? Because I can honestly say I'm glad that you are alive, so you're not allowed to sit here and listen to a live word and be dead. Okay. So, um, uh, all the new people, can I, I, I just want to see that you are smiling. So, can you drop your mask just for two seconds? And I just want to ask you to show me what toothpaste you use. Let me see. Just, 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 just. Oh my gosh, you guys are beautiful. Oh my word, that is so cool. Welcome to church, everybody. Today, we are excited. Who, who needs a little pick-me-up? No one? Everybody's good? That is great. So turn to someone next to you or someone you don't know and tell them that Jesus thinks you're amazing. And it's not a lie. He does. Who doesn't feel amazing at this moment? I feel amazing. He has blessed me with the most amazing wife, the most energetic kids, and the world's craziest dogs. So I get to tell you guys this. God thinks you're amazing. We are kicking off a brand new series today called Just One Moment. How many of you guys have had that just one moment experience in your life? Or a few of them? And then it becomes like one direction that went in multiple directions. It's, it's like we've just had moments. Hey, I, I was sharing with the team um, that I had that one moment where I saw my wife before we were married, before she knew I existed, and I'm like, that is that moment. And then she turned around and she told everybody, it was two moments for her. I'm like, I was that good looking, she had to do a double take. Yeah. So the reason, you know, we were, uh, um, I was sitting with my wife and, and we were chatting about the new series and we were just talking about everything that was going on. And, and there's so much, you know, we're down to like level one, yay. Have, have you guys ever played that game? You know, we, we were in school and it's like, just to make noise, they're like, you're in an aeroplane and goes, yay, but the aeroplane's about to crash and everyone's like, oh, but Superman comes and saves you, yay, but he has to go to the bathroom, oh, you know, it's like that up and down feeling, so we get this good news, yeah, we're going to level lockdown one, but then people come in, but they might shut us down in December, and then you go, oh, it constantly feels like we have those moments in life, right, and, and I believe that while we were busy just chatting, God says, um, spoke to us and is like, you know what? You just need one moment. One moment where you encounter Jesus, where you encounter His Spirit, where you encounter God, and it changes everything. How many of you guys have been, had that one moment and it actually made things a whole lot worse in your life? But I'm telling you there, even though there's that one moment that makes it feel like everything is, it's time to give up, there's those moments where God says, let me show you how great I am. He did it for us when we, when we got to salvation. It's that one moment where we changed our lives, where we, where we said, it's Jesus. 
And, and that is what we're going to be looking at through this collection of talks is one moment. So I'm going to ask, with you, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Samuel. And before we get there, while you're turning there, uh, we're going to be in chapter 17. And we're going to be talking through the story of David when he faces Goliath. How many of you guys are fighting a battle at this moment? Everybody's got a battle that they're going through. Okay. It could be something as simple as my kids don't wake up for school. To something big and crazy, but everybody is facing a battle. And we, uh, we have this story in the book of Samuel where the entire Israelite army is pegged off against the Philistine army. The making of the world's best movie. Hey, there's going to be blood. There's going to be guts. There's going to be death. But it's all about romance. How many of you guys know the story is all about love? Because God loves these people so much, he will not let them perish. So we're here on the battlefield. Let's paint a picture. We're on the battlefield, and the Israelite army is facing the Philistines. And there's a problem. They have this problem because there's this giant that is challenging them. The bully on the playground. And he goes, give me one guy and we'll square it off. If we win, you guys are our slaves. If you win, we are your slaves. So that is where we are in the story. But God sends one guy by the name of David to go and feed his brothers and, and we're going to be picking up in the story where David arrives at the battlefield. He, he, he brings what his dad has asked him to bring, but he decides, I just want to take a moment and see what's happening. How many of you guys have ever had that, I just want a moment to see what's happening? I want to, I want to, I want to take a moment to see if my kids are studying. I want to take a moment to see if that girl actually thinks I'm good looking. I want to take a moment to experience this thing. David goes, I just want to take a moment and find out what is going on. And it's in this moment that we discover just one moment. So turn with me to 1 Samuel 17, and we're going to be reading from verse 20. This is how it reads. It says, early in the morning... David left the flock in the care of a shepherd. How many of you guys have woken up and things were good, and then before the kids went to school an hour later, two hours later, I don't know how early you guys wake up and send your kids to school, but then everything goes pear-shaped. Have you guys experienced that? Hey, and, and, and even though things are going crazy, we need to live in the moment that God is going to do something. So he loaded up and set out, as Jess had directed him. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines, facing each other. David left his things and asked his brothers, sorry, David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. And as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Goth, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. 
Can I ask you a question? What are you hearing at this moment? What are you hearing as you sit in front of your TV, as you go to work, as you enter the shopping mall? What is the sound that you are hearing coming out of the nation's mouth? Because if it's not a sound of victory, and victory is the sound of worship, then something's wrong. And normally when we hear a sound that is not from God, it does what we're going to read here next. And it says, whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Today, I want to take a few moments to just talk to you about just one moment from this title, Fix Your Faith. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, you are good. You are great. You are powerful. And everything we could ever need is found in you. So Father, I pray, speak to us. Change us. It's only you that can do it. We ask this in your name. Amen. So my title called Fix Your Faith stems from something that we always tell our kids. So when they were small, um, a whole lot smaller than what they are now. My oldest is 12, my youngest is 7. And when they were small, they, they, smaller, they, they would get upset for no apparent reason. You know, my brother took my toy, so I threw something at him. How many of you guys have ever experienced sibling rivalry? We actually put money on their fights. And it's like, hey, hey, my money's on the big one. No, I'm just joking. We don't do that, but we should. Wow. But in any case, so they'd get upset and they'd go and sulk. How many of you guys love sulking kids? Neither do we. And so what we used to do is there was no reason for them to sulk because they'd get upset for no reason for all the smallest, pettiest things. So what we would do is I would walk up to them and go, hey, fix your face. And, and what that means is instead of walking around looking like the world is laying on your shoulders, I mean, just smile. Life's not that bad. In certain cases, someone wipes your bottom, which is cool. You always have meals. You know, someone's always looking. You don't have anything to complain about. Fix your face. And so my daughter, she would literally sit there sulking, and I would go, fix your face. And she'd take her hand and go, and she'd actually fix her face. The thing is, if you don't tell them to fix their faces, they just sit there and mope for a whole lot longer. And then everything becomes sour. So we would go, hey, fix your face. And even though they don't want to, they know, oh, if we don't, daddy's going to fix it for us. They've got this little button just here at the bottom. If you just touch it, they, go, they smile again. And, and everything is good. So they don't like dad touching those buttons. So they fix their faces. And you won't believe it, everything changes. Everything changes. In the moment where things weren't great, when they fix their faces, it changes. And so while I was busy reading through this passage, God told me that a lot of us need to not fix our faces, but fix our faith. Because I don't know about you, what happens to me when I'm confronted with a situation that is a whole lot bigger than what I can handle at this moment, my face changes. But the biggest problem is I focus on that which is standing in front of me. And all I can think about is that. 
Like my wife would literally come into the room and go, hey, dude, you need to sort yourself out. Come on, get out of that mood. Fix your faith. Because when we don't fix our faith, we try to do everything in our own strength. We put our trust in other people. And how many of you guys know other people are going through things? Other people are battling with something as well. Other people are struggling. Other people won't give us the best advice. And a lot of times when I do things, now I've explained this a couple of sermons ago. I'm not your best DIY guy. My wife asked me to hang photos, I phoned my dad. Because where you drive a nail into a wall, I take out bricks. I don't know why, they gave me the wrong nail and the bigger hammer, it didn't work. So a lot of times when I try to fix it, I'm trying to do it out of my own strength and I make it a whole lot worse. Because all I can see at that moment is what's in front of me. And that is where we find ourselves in this passage. The Israelite army, most powerful nation up until this point has experienced God's hand. How many of you guys have experienced God's hand in your life? They've experienced God's hand, have countless testimonies of God doing amazing things in their life, and then they faced with one guy, and they are fearful. I'm telling you now, even as Christians, we will face giants, we will face situations, and even in what God has brought us out, we're going to move into another battle. But if we don't fix our faith, fear is going to overcome us. And this is what we need to do. For 40 days, they would step out and give their war cry. And Goliath would walk out and they would turn around and run. Because they didn't have faith that God would bring them through that. So in steps David... Just one moment. David has a life of faith. And we're going to discover how he did that now. But David walks in. He hears this guy and says, that's not a problem. He's a problem, but it's not a problem. Have you ever walked into a a conversation with a friend or a family member and they're complaining about something and you go, that's not a problem. Has someone ever walked into your life while you're going through something and and, and they've said, you know what, that's not a problem. Because for 40 days they've been focused on one thing and in the 40 days they were focused on that one thing, David was spending time in green fields, singing songs to God, worshiping Him, praising Him. So when he walked onto the scene, it wasn't a problem. There was a problem but it wasn't a problem. It was just one moment. And the thing is, if we want to fix our faith, there are certain things that we need to do. Just like David wasn't surrounded for 40 days by the taunts of this guy, we need to surround ourselves with the presence of God. And the only way we can do this, and this is the first point that I want to talk to you guys about, is we need to understand that practice brings progress. Any sportsman out there? Can, 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 can I get a show of hands? Anybody that loves to cook? Anybody that loves to make stuff? Anybody that has ever played a sports game in their lives? Um, let me see. Um, what else is there? Any gymnasts? 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 Gymnasts in the house? I'm one in the pool. 
But how, how many of you guys will agree with me the first time you tried something out, or maybe the second time, it didn't come out perfect? But even though it didn't come out perfect, that didn't stop you from trying again. Because you had to practice. And every time you practice, you see progress. Um, in school, we, I played rugby. Um, and I was never allowed to play rugby in primary school. I only played rugby in high school. So we were just an English school. We didn't have rugby in primary school. So I, I got to high school, and there was no way I was going to make it for any other sports team because I'm way too fast for them. And they, they said, that's an unfair advantage. You should play rugby. So I played rugby. And our very first game, I was so hyped. We ran onto the field, and we lost. 55 naught, people. How many of you guys know a whipping like that says, I don't think you made for this. But we were so excited about that game, even though we lost. I mean, that was my first game. I'm like, yeah, he's still alive. We didn't stop. We practiced that next week. We went to play a match the, the, the following weekend. We lost. Yes. It didn't stop us. I think that entire season, we only won one game. And I think that was against our B team. And we made them feel, ah, you guys suck. But you see, after every game, we knew what we needed to change. We knew that where our weaknesses were. We, need, we knew what we needed to work on. And every game, even though we lost, we didn't lose. By that 55 naught was our last big margin. Then it was like 40 naught. So much closer. Eh? But you see, as we practiced, there was progress. Up until in our matric year where we went undefeated with the exact same team for entire season. Yes, Milo, well done. Whoop! Okay, never mind. So this is the thing. You have to practice to see progress. There is always something that you're going to need to practice. We learn, we grow, we fix things, we try new things. Life is all about progress. We are growing in our faith. We are growing in our confidence in reading the Bible. We've got to practice everywhere. Can I ask you something? How is your prayer life at this moment? How many of you are praying for other people? How many, do you, how many of us are picking up our phones and phoning someone and saying, this is what God's laid on my heart and I just want to share it with you? This is where I am in my life. Can you pray with me? I'm trusting for this. This is where my faith needs to go. You know it's going to take practice. We had, um, my dad wasn't doing well, and so we were chatting to our life group, and one guy in our life group, he decided, I'm going to pray for Milo's dad, and he doesn't generally play, pray. And all he goes is, Lord Jesus, heal Milo's dad, so he can enjoy his 10-kilometer walks that none of us enjoy. And that was his prayer. Man, I am so excited to tell you that my dad is up and walking. He couldn't walk 10Ks or 
or 20 steps and he's doing a whole lot better. Why? Because someone said, I'm going to practice. Now I'm challenged to ask him, hey, dude, you want to pray for something else? Hey, we've got to constantly keep trying something. You see, the Israelites, they were afraid at this moment because all they knew was how to fight, but then they saw a giant and then they fell back. And then David steps onto the scene and this is what he does. He says, it's not a problem because of this response. Turn with me to Samuel 17 verse 32. We're just going to read through this passage. We're going to pull out some, some life-changing uh, points within it. And in verse 32, it reads as follows. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. How many of you guys have ever picked a fight with someone? I have never picked a fight with someone. But have you noticed it's always the short ones that pick a fight? My wife always picks a fight. If it's not with me, it's with someone else. She's like, they can't do that. And I would always go, you know what, babes, just relax. Just, just, just chill. And, and because my wife is white, I normally go, I don't know her. Walk away, those colored kids ain't mine. I'm, wait, no, I'm just joking. But... How many of you guys know we need to go pick a fight? If you want to see what God can do in your life, you can't stand still. You need to go out and pick a fight. And Saul replies in verse 33, you are not able to go out against this Philistine. My exact comment to Alison. But how many of you guys know she knows something I don't a lot of the time? And this is what it says. You are only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine how do you address your problems? Is your man, we in Cape Town, I haven't seen people with, bigger, with faster comebacks in my life. My question is, how do you address your problems? When something stands up against you, what do you say? OMG, look how big is thee. Sorry, it's the only thing I could get you rhyme with that. <laughs> really bad, I'm sorry. We shouldn't look at our problems as being greater than who we are. Who is this uncircumcised? This one will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. And I love this. You know, we always read that David went out to practice. He killed a lion. He killed a bear. But that's not the practice that he went out and did. His practice was putting his trust in God. 
You know, we always think practice is going out and taking on someone. We all take on someone. The question is, are you willing to risk it and put your trust in God so he can do it for you? That is where we need to be at this moment. We need to trust God so much. Do you know David didn't wake up and go, oh Lord, I hope I face a lion today. Who has done that? Lord, I want to see a snake. I saw a snake, guys, it's not cool. I got so scared of it, I threw a PC at it and ran. If you want to see Milo run, call him a snake. No one wants to see trouble come along their ways. That's why we pray, Lord, every morning for your presence to never leave us, to go with us wherever we are. We're asking you to bless us in this day. David wrote Psalm 23 for crying out loud. Psalm 23 talks about, you know, um, my shepherd leads me beside still waters. He lies me in green pastures. He's with me. He's asking God, can I always have these days where there's peace and quiet? And he didn't go, you know what, Lord, give me, a, give me a lion. But when a bear came, he's like, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm not going to try and kill him, but I'm going to put my faith in the one who created the lion the one that can shut the mouths of lions when I'm thrown into the den, the one that can turn things around in just one moment. How are you practicing at this moment? Because just remember, practice brings progress. What are you handing over? What are you holding onto that you're supposed to be giving over to God at this point in time? Practice brings progress. You might not know how to pray, but have you started praying? You might not know how to have Bible study with your spouse, but you'll never know until you do it. Practice at home. Practice before. How many of you guys know you have to practice before you run on the field? You can't practice on the field. The band, they get up, they practice at home because if they come here, there's no time to practice. And if they don't practice, they can't play. If they can't play, you know, they, they, they bring a different atmosphere. How many of you guys know that? Practice changes your atmosphere. Change what you are doing because practice brings progress. How do you me measure your progress if you don't practice? Because have a look at this. He didn't know he was going to fight a lion, but he did. He didn't know he was going to fight a bear, but he did. And then the next thing he fights is a giant. He didn't know he was going to end up in that situation. So he goes, I'm going to do this. And we all have giants that we are going to face or that we are facing, or that we have faced. But can I tell you something? Don't downplay it. Have you, have you, I keep telling, uh, my wife keeps reminding me. I don't keep telling her this. She reminds me. Uh, my kid was opening, my, my daughter, she was opening the door for my wife yesterday, and the security gate was in front of her. And as she unlocked the security gate, the wind came from the other side of the house, blew through the house, and blew, blew the door closed behind her. And unlike her, she doesn't have padding behind her like me. The door whacked her on her head. But it is the funniest thing to me 
Because here's this little girl, and as this gate goes open, this door closes, and all you dunk, and she cries. And I'm like, oh, babes. And before I could say it wasn't that bad, I needed to realize I wasn't in that situation. A lot of times we get to a place and we try to downplay someone else's situation. Don't downplay someone's situation. Can I ask you, don't downplay your situation. How are you doing? Oh no, I'm fine. Meanwhile, you're dying inside. Don't downplay your situation. My son broke his arm once. He was at school and he was swinging on the jungle gym and he fell and it broke, but we didn't know it broke. And the school phones us and they're like, oh, he fell, he just sprained his arm, we gave him a panado, he can go home. Dude, I looked at my boy's hand, it was swollen. I'm like, Judah, give my arm back. It was that big. We took him to the hospital immediately, broke both his bones in his arm. Now, they didn't know it, but they downplayed the situation. And if we had just downplayed it, it could have been a whole lot worse. So can I tell you, please don't downplay someone else's situation, and most importantly, don't downplay yours. Because when David arrived on the scene, there was a giant, and even though he had faith, how many of you guys know the giant didn't just disappear? It was still there. You're going to walk into a situation with as much faith that you can have, but it's not going to change just yet. Don't downplay anything. Goliath mocks David when he sees him coming there. Goliath taunts David when David challenges him. Goliath roars as David approaches. What is your situation telling you at this moment? That you're not good enough? That you're not going to make it? That this is the end? Now remember, I said, don't downplay your situation. But can I flip it? Don't downplay who you are. Don't downplay the power of God in your life. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 46, it reads this. This day, this is David chatting to Goliath. He says, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands Goliath shouts at David, am I a dog that you send this little boy to fight me? And David continues, he goes, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Told you, best movie ever. This very day I will give the carcass of this Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord, and he will give you all into our hands. How confident are you that God is going to come through? We, um, I've, I've told this story many times before, but we have literally gone on holiday with not a cent left in our bank account. And we were like, okay, if we're going to go out, we're going to go out with a bang. (laughs) Fix your faith. Fix your faith. Fix your faith to trust in God. God is powerful. God is amazing. How many of you guys have a God story where he's come through for you? How dare you go, 
how am I going to get through this next one? Because if he did it for me once, he'll do it again. Don't downplay anything. Don't downplay your situation. Don't downplay God. And most importantly, like I said, don't downplay who you are. It is easy to go, woe is me. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to eat some worms. Fix your face. Get up off the ground and then fix your faith. Because if God can use a boy with a stone, heck, if he can use a donkey, imagine what he can do with you. Did he not die for you? Does he not care about you? Does he not believe in you? Don't downplay who you are. What is it going to take to fix your faith? What is it going to take to share a word with someone? What is it going to take to lead a prayer meeting? What is it going to take for you to step out and share a word with someone? I always challenge people is like, hey, what does your life look like? What are you going to do? Are you going to preach this Sunday? Ah, I'm not ready. I'm like, hey, don't you want to lead a prayer meeting? Oh, I don't think I can. Hey, do you want to lead a group? I don't think I'm trained properly yet. My boy, my oldest boy, has this thing that drives me absolutely insane. Now, if you guys have ever met my oldest son, he is a walking comedy show. He is the Savannah guy. It's dry. Don't drink it. Awful. But Judah walks up to us, and no matter what he says, he's got an answer for it, and it's the most irritating answer, but it's the most awesome answer as well. He, he, he walks out one day, and we're going to school. He's like, can I drive? I'm like, dude, you're too young, and he goes, or am I? I'm like, dude, can I stay at home? I'm like, you're not big enough to stay at home. He's like, or am I? It's like, Hey, dude, whenever you ask him something or he asks you something and he responds and we respond, he goes, or am I? We need to have that kind of attitude when it comes to the problems we face. You are not equipped, or am I? Now, a lot of you ladies don't have beards. you got your mask. You know, just grab your chin and go, or am I? Because this is something we need to understand. Point number three, and I'm going to close off with this, is you got it. You got this, man. You got this. Have you not prayed through the last situation that you've come through? Have you not read a word that has inspired you to move forward? You've got everything you need to make a difference in your circle, in your family, and your workplace, can I say, in this country. How many of you guys can talk? Any talkers out there? How many of you guys can write? Anybody got a phone? Who knows how to send a text message? Email. Anybody? Can we go? Let's go more. Hyped up technology. Okay, there we go. If you can do any of that, you have what it takes. You got this. You might think, I'm not equipped to do anything that Milo is asking us to do. Have a look at this, 1 Samuel 17, 50, and I'm going to close with this verse. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling 
and a stone. Not with a sword and a shield, with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. When the enemy lies to you, when he tells you you can't do it, I think you need to tell yourself, I've got this. You are not equipped, or am I? You are alone, or am I? You are weak, or am I? You're constantly going to mess up. Oh, really, am I? We need to become a little, just a little arrogant with who our dad is at this moment. My kids have this thing. Now, I'm, I'm not a fighter, please. As you can see, this is all love. But my kids will go, Dad, you can take him, right? Uh-huh. They do believe their dad can fight. They don't know that their dad can run really fast. And when I have momentum, no one can stop me. But we need to be a little bit arrogant like our kids with their parents. You can't do this, or can I? You need to fix your faith. Don't allow your situation to be bigger than the God that we serve, than the one that created the earth that your problem is resting on. Fix your face. Fix your faith. Fix your faith. We all need to have big comebacks. And what bigger one that says, the God that helped me is the God that will bring me through this. All it needs is just one moment and your life will change. Let us pray. So Lord Jesus, we just want to say, Help us fix our faith. Whatever problems we are facing, whatever situations we are currently in, Lord, we're not going to downplay anything. We're not going to downplay that it's real at this moment. We're not going to downplay that it is life-threatening. But Father God, we're not going to downplay who you are and you are greater than that. We're not going to downplay that you are the only one that can bring us through this. And Father, we believe that not only do we not downplay who you are and that you can do this, but that you can use us to get through this situation. So Father, I pray that with everybody sitting here right now, whether we're coming out of a storm, currently in a storm, or going through one, that we will risk it by putting our faith in you. We will risk it by giving it all to you, we will risk it by actually stepping out, Father God. So I pray over everyone today, Father, for boldness to trust in you, for strength to turn to you, Father God, and for hope to give it to you. Where we are currently facing something, Lord, we pray, change the situation. And may we see in that moment just how good you are. We will never back down from a fight, but we're never going to go into one without you. So up 
our time in your presence and make it more fruitful. Speak to us whenever we read your word. Give us revelation. Point us in the right direction. Lead us and guide us, we pray.